Welcome back, Surly Talk Sports, Big Fizz, another huge weekend of sport ahead off the back of one of the great weekends, last weekend too, she's all go. On last weekend, shot up north to the beautiful Matapuri Bay for the long weekend, got in some much needed R&R, donated a few titlists at the old Nangaroo nine hole golf course, and then parked up on the couch and sunk my teeth into the sporting smorgasbord that was served. Up. How good was that? Certainly ticked all the boxes. It was all go and something for everyone. On today's show, we're talking about all things Rugby League World Cup as we roll into the last week of pool games. Got the Rugby Union, Bunnings Far Cup, of course, that's wrapped up. You got the Black Ferns, the All Blacks, then the NBA, the NFL, the UFC, the old three-letter sports ripping and tearing at the moment. The EPL, Liverpool, they shat the bed against Nottingham Forest as predicted last week, unfortunately. We'll touch on that. T20 World Cup, course up yours Aussie, and then we'll get into some punting as well, the Melbourne Cup, she's happening on Tuesday, the race that stops two nations, the biggest day in the planet of ponies for the year, so can't wait for that, so as you can tell, she's a full agenda today, plenty of boxes to tick, so without further ado, strap yourselves in for episode 37, get it in ya. Week two of the Rugby League World Cup last week dished up some more big scores, a handful of David versus Goliath matchups, but unfortunately, unlike in the famous tale, it's fair to say the Goliaths well and truly had their way with the Davids, pulling off some big victories and doing so in comfortable fashion. In the first game Saturday morning on Spark Sport, we saw the Aussies make another statement up against the Scottish, who proved to be no match for the Ruse, going down 84 rugby league points to zip. She was debut season for a handful of Aussie lads, and it's fair to say they all made the most of the occasion. One to tell the kids about. Isaiah Yo, Maddie Bird, and Nathan Cleary, Campbell Graham, Liam Martin all making her a debit boat to remember. And it's hard to believe the people's chin. He was making his first appearance for the green and golds. It seems like he's been the best seven in the country for yonks. But fair to say, you'd have to think he's cemented himself in the halves alongside Munster for the games to come. Old DCE, I think he'll find himself sitting on the sidelines. Cleary putting in a massive shift, racking up 28 points. The second most on debut from a kangaroo behind the the great Joey Johns, a.k.a. Goey Johns. So what a performance it was from young Nathan. Campbell Graham, he also had one to remember, crossing for a hat-trick, but not to be outdone on the other wing. The old fox, Josh Yaddo-Carr, with a big up yours to Brad Fittler. He said, hold on to my skooey skooey moy moy. I'll go one better than you, Campbell Graham, of two first names fame. And he crossed for four, including one, which was one of the great displays of skill set off the back of a between-the-legs flick pass from Matty Burden, chucked in a nice little grubber into those short ingoals they have over there, gassed the winger and dotted down for a meaty. That was some try 
from the Fox. But overall, Aussie, as expected, just way too good. They're playing with some unreal pace and tempo to their game at the moment. And it certainly looks like that was the plan heading in from old Uncle Mal. They don't have a monstrous forward pack, but with guys like Ruben Cotter, Cam Murray, old Blue Eyes, Angus Crichton, Paddy Carrigan, they certainly have the ability to get a roll on and play some fast bucket footy and chuck the nut around. And that's certainly what they did in this game. It's pretty high contrast to the Kiwis pack, who this week in particular looks to be the land of the Giants again. Can't wait to see these two sides clash, hopefully in a few weeks' time in the semis, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for Aussie, overall, they're full of threats all across the park. They certainly have a lot of points in them, and perhaps the most pleasing aspect for them would have been keeping the Scots to nil and not conceding a late try in this game when they well and truly had it wrapped up. So overall, strong display and Aussie looking hot to trot. Then Super Sunday dished up three huge games. Fiji bouncing back in a major way and pounding Italy into the core of the earth after Italy looked good the week before in dispatching a Scotland. So I didn't see this scoreline coming. 60 points to four. Unreal from the Fijians. Old Uppy Cottersau, he played in the halves, and that looked to be a massive success, that little move. He helped to unlock their razzle that they have out wide, and he was given some great short balls to big Viliami Kikau, who was punching holes all day, and had himself the big shift at the office as well. So Fiji, they could be starting to peak at the right time, gearing up for finals footy. Following that, England, they got up over the French 42 points to 18 with Knights winger Dom Young again having a great day at Mahi, scoring a couple, racking up some strong carries, PCMs of doom. He's in great form and England again showing most underrated team heading into the tournament and they are guaranteed to top their pool now. And you'd have to think they're bloody good odds to go through to the final. Of course, they're going to take on either Tonga or Samoa in that quarterfinal. But at the moment, they just look that class above both those sides. For the Kiwis, she was a huge night at the office for one of our own. Warriors lad, the mulleted menace, Dallin Wateni Zelezniak. Four tries. What a shift from him. And on top of that, didn't stop there. Three try assists, seven line breaks, two line break assists, and clocked up 279 Rugby league running meters. In fact, if Supercoach was running throughout the World Cup, he would have racked up the highest score ever recorded in history. 237 points, overtaking the great Tommy Turbo. So fair to say it was a monstrous shift from Dallin. As a Warriors fan, you couldn't help but be up and about watching him go about his work ahead of the 2023 season. But it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for the Kiwis. Unfortunately, two key pieces to the puzzle. Moses Leota, Marata Kore. They both picked up injuries. They're heading off for scans. So fingers crossed, just minor. I noticed neither of them named in the team this week. So something to monitor there. They would be huge losses. Apart from that, though, she was another box tick. And on we march with the lads looking to repeat the dosage and dish out another pounding to the leprechauns in Ireland 
this weekend. Then on Monday morning, we had Lebanon without Adam Duahi getting up over Ireland, 32 points to 14, and all but booking themselves a trip to finals footy off the back of a clinic from Mitchell Moses, arguably the performance of the weekend. Jason Kiraz of Bulldogs winger fame, he also had a big night at the back for the Cedars, scored a couple meaties, looked dangerous every time he injected himself into the line. And then following that game, Samoa, as predicted, bounced back in a major way, backs against the wall. Those lads stood tall and dished up a 72-4 trouncing of Greece, proving me correct in my thinking that just a little gel, a little bit of TIS time and settle, and they would produce some good footy. And they too have a massive game this weekend up against France to see who advances from that pool of death. Tonga. Although patchy at times, especially in the first half, they got the job done against the spirited Welsh side, 32 points to six. Coach Wolf, he certainly wouldn't have been 100% satisfied with the shift from his lads, and he'll be looking for a fair bit of improvement after they continue to make some pretty basic errors, and against a better team, they might have paid a bit more of a price via the scoreboard. Nevertheless, though, a crucial four points for them, and on they march to remain undefeated so far and finally in the last game of the round with png kummels putting away the cook islands lads 32 points to 16 unfortunately for the cookies png just too strong on the park and they were well and truly the deserved winners on the day anthony jelling of x warriors fame he did give out one of the great halftime speeches though auditioning for a gig as a travel agent post his footy career maybe certainly sold the great island nation and to be fair to them the cookie lads certainly didn't roll over without a fight and push png all the way and saying that though the kummels without xavier coates for the rest of the tournament unfortunately which is a huge loss in my opinion he actually never got to lace up the boots but they certainly look capable of pushing the top sides in my books and they're a team i would want to be avoiding in a couple weeks time come quarterfinals footy because if they don't beat you They'll batter you and bash you up. So it's never an easy night at the crease when you're lining up against those blokes. So on to week three we march. And of course, the place to watch these games is Spark Sport, the home of the Rugby League World Cup. If you haven't already, head to sparksport.co.nz and sign yourself up. You get a free seven-day trial. And from then on out, she's only about 25 bucks a month as well. And you have the option to cancel at any time. So you'll get to cast your eye over the Black Ferns, the NBA, the Black Caps, massive home summer of cricket ahead. So it's not just the league on offer head along get subscribed you don't want to miss a second of the action especially with the quarterfinals rapidly approaching next weekend the business end is almost upon us but back to this week we have our lads the mighty kiwis kicking us off and looking to put the key in the wee and pummel island 7 30 a.m sunday morning and coach madge mcguire he's rolled out a massive forward pack as well as plenty of changes in the back line naming what looks to be to me one of our strongest sides to appear in the tournament thus far Old skipper jay brom he comes back into the mixer prop alongside james fisher harris Tapane and Kenny Bromwich they also come back in in the pack and then in the back line Joey Manu he goes back to fullback number one on the jersey and number one in our hearts 
Ronaldo Mulatalo, him and Rapana, they're back on the stings, with Ronaldo in particular no doubt itching for his first media of the tournament. Pretty rare from him not to have crossed the chalk already. Brighton near quarter, he's named in the centres after filling in there for a fair bit of last week's game. And then Peter Hiku, the old vet, he's on the other flank. And then finally, we get to see the duo, Dylan Brown, Jerome Hughes in the halves with Jerome finally strapping up the headgear, having overcome a thigh strain to wear the seven jersey and what a massive addition he will be bloody good to see him back on the pine things don't get any weaker for the kiwis with ipat foz isaac liu and jared waria hargraves fresh off rugby league parole and no doubt looking to rattle a fair few rigs off the remu so what a bench that is and this has to be one of the scariest ford packs ever named Tapane, the Bromwich Bros, Big Nelson, Asafa Solomona, Fisher Harris, the Cheese, Papa Lee, Jared Waria Hargraves, and Leo. Tell you what, she's a bloody bad day to be an Irish middle forward. For Ireland, just the one change for them, and I'm sure Coach Maguire would have been focusing heavily on the presence of Luke Carey of Roosters half fame in the build-up. He's a handy footballer. Ireland will really rely on him, and if they are to score any points, you'd think it would be off the back of some individual brilliance from him. But for me, this appears to be one-way traffic type stuff, and I think we could be about to witness a clinic from the Kiwis, and she could be 50 to 60 plus statement made type of stuff in our last pool game and I think Madge's men, our boys, we win by plenty. Then on Sunday morning, three good games with a few of the other big dogs on display. Rugby League Church, you could say, early doors on your Super Sunday. England versus Greece, 2.30am, with England set to do a number on them, you'd have to think. Fiji versus Scotland, the Giants, they could have a big day at the office and look to build some momentum. And the Aussies taking on Italy in what could be a bloodbath in St. Helens. If Fiji can put 60 on them, I'd hate to think what Aussie can do. Interesting of note too, the stadium in St. Helens, she's actually called Totally Wicked Stadium. And after some Googling, discovered that Totally Wicked is an online vape store in the UK. So hopefully the game can live up to the stadium name. And that has to be one of the great names going around in world sport at the moment. Totally wicked stuff, that is. Then on Monday, Mad Monday, three big games, and these should be the games of the week for me, the last two of them in particular. Lebanon, Jamaica, I think Lebanon will spank them, but Tonga versus the Cook Islands and Samoa versus France, I think these two are bums on seat stuff. That's Samoa, France game in particular. Tonga, I think they'll be too strong for the Cook Islands lads and will 13 plus them, especially with Jason Taumalolo set to come back in from suspension. He'll be massive in terms of their leadership and tracking some nut through the middle. One of the best players on planet Earth he is. Old Tal Malaho, and then Samoa, France, and while I think Samoa will certainly win, I expect the French to show up and give them a red-hot crack, and remember, the winning team from this game will lock in second spot in Pool A and advance on to next week, so she's all to play for, leave it out on the field type stuff, should be 
a doozy. So another massive weekend again of International Rugby League ahead. All live and on demand, of course, on Spark Sports. So again, sign up, get yourself in the mixer, get bums on seats and get around your nation of choice. How good is international footy? The pinnacle of the greatest game on planet Earth. And up the Kiwis, hopefully another trouncing of Ireland. And of course, also kicking off early doors next week, we have the women's competition getting underway as well. Double header on your Tuesday, England taking on Brazil. Great to see them in the mixer. And PNG taking on Canada. And then on your Wednesday, we get to see the two big dogs, of course, the Kiwi women taking on the French and the Aussie women taking on the Cook Islands. So really looking forward to seeing our ladies go about their work. Actually know the trainer, friend of the show, Joe, Jamie Williamson, so I'll be keeping a close eye on them, of course. Everyone is already predicting that New Zealand Aussie matchup to be the one to tune in for. I love our chances in this tournament. We've got a stacked side full of talent. Our girls, they can play some rugby league. So fingers crossed we can go all the way, do the double Kiwis and the Kiwi Ferns. That would be massive fizz and well and truly cement ourselves as the greatest nation in rugby league. Up the Kiwi Ferns, and no doubt they'll look to kick her off with an emphatic victory against the French early doors on Wednesday morning. She's all over in the world of grassroots footy. The NPC, she's wrapped up and the Wellington Lions have done the double, won the Far Cup, beating Canterbury 26 points to 18 to lift the trophy for the first time in 20 years. And you absolutely love to see it. And I think I speak on behalf of every mutual fan across our great country when I say that was the result we wanted to see. We're sick of seeing Canterbury winning. And boy, did Wellington show up and play some great entertaining footy. She was two tries apiece in a game that went right down to the wire. Oh, Ruben Love, he crossed for the first media after eight minutes before Mataeli struck back for the Red and Blacks. And then Amor, as he always does, the mulleted assassin crossed three minutes before Oranges to see the Lions head into the break, 17 points to 13. Jackson Garden Bishop, he continued his great form from the past few months, adding a few key points off the boot. We didn't get a second half try until the last three minutes of the game, although it certainly didn't seem like that. She was entertaining stuff end-to-end, both teams going at it, hammer and tongs. In the end, Punavai scored late to make her a five-point game, and I actually thought at this moment the Wellington lads, they might have fucked it. Aidan Morgan, the young fella, he missed a couple sitters off the tee, and then Canterbury scored the try of doom as a result. In the end though the Lions able to keep calm in the last couple minutes. Earn a penalty from out in front. Ruben Love he iced it and she was a well deserved 8 point win. For the home side I thought Tom Christie was massive. Mentioned last week that his work rate second to none. He gets through a mountain of tackles. Goes for the full 80. A heck of a footballer. Also thought George Bridge 
fresh off the back of signing a lucrative deal in France, chasing the Euro. He was really good, as was Shay Fihaki, who certainly impressed me throughout this competition. For the champs, Almoa, he was massive, justifying his call-up to the All Blacks squad. I thought Duplessis Karifi led from the front, put in another huge shift, and he's another guy unlucky to not be wearing black in the All Blacks 15. And his battle with Christie, that was top-shelf stuff. Peter Luckey, he was unreal in the eight jersey. And then the higher numbers, TJ Perinara, he controlled things expertly. Mentioned before, he's like having another 10 out there, and he certainly proved that statement to be correct. Jackson Garden Bishop, he was good. And then Julian Savia also looked really strong, trucking the Gilbert at will, getting through a mountain of work for a winger, certainly involving himself in the clash. So it was a huge win for Welly, and no doubt that kicked off one of the great benders. Nothing quite tastes as good as winners piss, and I'm sure the lads from the capital, they certainly sent it. The form side of the comp, they won 10 straight on the bounce, and they head to the beach this off-season with the two most prestigious trophies in provincial rugby, locked away in the trophy cabinet, the old log of wood and the far cup, so well done to them. You gotta take your hat off to them. And the other grassroots footy result, I wanted to give a big shout out to the Nati Poro East Coast boys for winning the Lahore Cup and in doing so winning only their fourth ever piece of silverware and their first trophy since 2012. It's crazy to think over the previous seven seasons prior to this year that only won two games with both wins coming last year. So the improvement of this side under Jose Gear has been massive and it's great to see them back playing some great footy because they really are one of the iconic footy sides in New Zealand and she was absolute scenes when the full-time hooter rung and those lads had bought home the trophy. Shout out also to my second five at the coat, Joey Wadman or Quadman as we like to call him. He always wears the tightest shorts on the field, but bloody good to see him out there. For the Nati, as a lone player, bumping blokes off left, right and centre. You'll love to see it and no doubt he deleted a few cruises. Post the big dub on your Sunday Arvo. On to the Women's World Cup. The Black Ferns, they made light work of the Scottish. I actually saw it breakfast on game day. Maybe I should have asked if I could address the team, try and spit them some words of wisdom and get them running through brick walls before the big game. But it was certainly one-way traffic as predicted. 57 points to nil at a packed old stadium. And great to see a big crowd turn out there in Whangarei. And they were treated to another spectacle from the Black Ferns who play a bloody exciting brand of rugby. It's great to watch. Offloads and razzled dazzle galore they chuck the nut around they chance their arm and the skill set in this team forwards and backs certainly makes for a great watch and the other big games Aussie they got the win over Wales France they dispatched the Fiji pretty easily 44-0 and England they continued their crazy unbeaten streak beating the Springbok women 75-0 cricket score stuff so the stage is now set quarter final footy four big games this weekend two in Whangarei on Super Saturday followed by two at Trust Stadium in Waitakere on Sunday France versus Italy 
That kicks us off, 4.30 Saturday Arvo. I'm tipping France to progress to the semi there, where they will take on the Black Ferns, you'd have to think. They should make relatively light work of Wales, especially considering we put 56 on them about two weeks ago in pool play. So I've got France versus New Zealand in that semi-final. Then in the Auckland Games on Sunday, England. They'll take on Aussie and should be too strong. Although if the Wallaroos shot to play like they did round one against the Black Ferns, they could make it reasonably close. And then on to the closest game of the weekend, Canada versus the USA. Two rival sides, neighbours going at it. Big sister versus little sister stuff. I think Canada will get the dub there and set up a date with England. But let's see. think that one will be tight. And of course, at the same time as the Black Ferns games, we also have the All Blacks taking on Japan in Tokyo. One of the great TV timing cock-ups in New Zealand rugby history. Whoever didn't think that through is a real genius. Genius. But anyway, Coach Ian Foster, he yesterday named his team for the clash and she was changes galore with just six lads from the team that bet Aussie retaining their spot. And I guess this was always the game we were going to see some players get their chance to stake their claim ahead of what is set to be a massive Northern Tour taking on three great teams. So I'm excited to see two Blues lads in RTS, Roger Tuivasa Snack, the human calf, and Stevie P. Oh, please add Feta, Mr. Peter Fetz. They both get their first run on start in the 12 and the 15 jersey. Both well and truly deserve a crack. They've been starved for minutes prior to this, especially Peter Feta, who of course got one of the great stitch-ups on debut, a real hospital pass from Fozzie, 50 seconds at the end of a losing performance against the RGs. That was pretty fucking tough, so good to see him get a shot at 80 minutes this week. And then, of course, Roger, need I say any? More. You all know how much he gets me firing on all cylinders, so I'm fizzing to see him lace up those Nikes, whack a few brave blossoms, and unleash the razzle. And the other key changes, interesting to see Dane Coles, he gets the nod at hooker, Taukiaho on the bench. Thought they might have used Amua in this game, but not to be. I was also hopeful of seeing Mark Talia lace up on the wing, but Caleb Clark and Sever Reese get the first cracks there. Braden Enor, he gets the start at 13. Shit, is he due in my box? And he'll be wanting to put in a massive performance to silence his critics who say he's bloody lucky to be there on current form. And I'm excited to see ALB back on the bench after a long layoff from International Code. For me, he's been that missing piece at times in this all-black backline, so I can't wait to see him back out there carving it up and full of health. So looking forward to sinking my teeth into this one. Of course, I expect the All Blacks to win and win reasonably well. But in saying that, the Japanese, they've played a fair bit of footy of late, been in camp for about 10 weeks already, I believe, and they're fresh off a series against Aussie. So they should be full of gel, and they're no doubt licking their lips at the chance to take on the All Blacks, a team which is held in extremely high regard over there. Add to that, she sold out 60,000 fans, many of which they'll probably be cheering on the All Blacks, as is their love for our boys. So she should be a heck of an occasion and an atmosphere if the Japanese can find themselves in the game early doors. 
think the crowd will really get behind them and really start to fire up if they get even the smallest sniff of an upset should be bums on seat stuff and sticking to the topic of the All Blacks as well of course we had some big news on Wednesday night in regards to the All Blacks 15 better late than never old Sean Shooter Stevenson called in finally getting the recognition he deserves from the All Blacks selectors again how he wasn't in this team before now is beyond me but hey common sense she's prevailed eventually and they have righted their wrongs and he'll be joined by a few other late replacements Cortez Ratama who I really rate he comes in to cover halfback hooker Tyrone Thompson he's included Josh Iwani an interesting one for me comes in to replace Bryn Gatland with a broken cheek and Pody Rakati Stones also coming in at prop so four Chiefs lads getting the late buzz and one of them getting the late rule out really looking forward to seeing this team in action though I think their first game next weekend against Ireland so hopefully Shooter can carve it up really make a statement and we see some razzle dazzle from this team they're stacked with young talent but they've got a good mix of experience in there too and hopefully they chance their arm look to play some entertaining footy and quite a few blokes put their hands up because I think Fozzie and co they're gonna have to take note of these performances ahead of World Cup selection next year and if you can rip this game up follow it up with a strong shift at Super Rugby then you could find yourself on the plane to France in 2023 and speaking of Super Rugby of course the five squads they were named earlier in the week pretty run-of-the-mill stuff to be fair not many crazy additions for the Kiwi sides the Blues and the Crusaders Last year's front runners, they named really strong squads as expected and some really young, exciting talent, particularly in that Crusaders side, getting their first taste of Super Rugby. So I'm excited to see how they progress under the duo of Scotty Robinson and friend of the show, Jimmy Marshall. The Hurricanes, they look strong as well, as do the Chiefs. A couple nice pickups for them, actually, particularly in the Fords with Selby Rickett making the move north to bolster their locking stocks. They got a heck of a forward pack, so they'll have to be in playoff contention. And then the Landers, who of course finished last of their Kiwi sides last year. They also look decent though. Interesting to note, Billy Harmon, he's been named as skipper, taking over the reins from Aaron Smith. And don't get me wrong, he's certainly a worthy replacement, but it is interesting to note, because perhaps it signals that old Nuggy, alongside many other of our leading All Blacks, they might not be playing a lot of footy in Super Rugby with the World Cup on the horizon at the end of next year so that'll be something to keep an eye on a bit of rest and rotation would piss me off but you'd understand it as well so overall five strong squads the blues of course to me one-eyed fan they look to be the team to beat cream of the crop type stuff but in saying that looking forward to this competition kicking off early doors in 2023 because i think she should be bloody tight and how good is it to be talking super rugby already at the back end of october Kicking off the weekly wrap with the T20 World Cup, she only seems right. One of the great performances from the Mighty Caps, putting the Aussies to the sword, getting the dub by 89 runs against those losers from across the ditch. What a performance. 
This one wasn't from ball one. The stage was set with the young ball, Finn Allen, absolutely ripping into the Aussie attack, blasting 42 runs off 16 balls with three sixes and five fours, putting the Kiwi Rimu to great use before unfortunately being dismissed by Hazelwood. Got clean bowled, but the damage had already been done. Conway... He had a massive day as well, 92, not out of 58 balls. Probably the best performance I've ever witnessed from a bloke named Devin. Shit, did he look good. Captain Kane, he chipped in as well, as he always does, with 23 runs off 23 balls. No doubt a tribute to the great LeBron James. And then Jimmy Neesham, he also come in and swung the axe with success, blasting 26 from 13. A great innings from the top order. So that left us with a total of 200 runs, only three wickets down off the 20 overs, which definitely had me up and about. I was daring to believe, but also full of caution, knowing the Aussies were the home side and can also swing a kookaburra. In a nice touch, though, the TAB, they paid out my head-to-head bet as the Black Caps had already scored 200 runs, activating the early payout promo. So that was good stuff. Lowered the heart rate a little and what made her a little more easy watching. But fair to say... I shouldn't have been worried because in came our bowling attack, spearheaded by the sexy camel Tim Southey and the Aussies. They never stood a chance. Bolty, 24 for 2. Satna, 31 for 3. Fergalicious with 20 for 1. Sodi Stream with 29 for 1. And then the man of the moment, Timmy Southey, the bloke who never ages, the Peter Pan of our bowling attack. Three wickets for only six runs, exceptional stuff. And I'm not sure if there's a greater sight in world sport than seeing old Davey Warner heading back up the tunnel with the tail between his legs after getting out with a single-digit score. Almost brought a tear to my eye, and from there on out, the Black Caps, they never skipped a beat. Maxwell, so-called the big show, he top-scored for the Aussies with 28, but overall, total domination all out for 111 after 17 overs. What a bunch of losers. And that was catch you later to Aussie, who could be in hot curry now, taking on England tonight. And what has turned into a loser-goes-home clash? How good would that be if the home side was to bow out and pull play? I'll certainly be cheering for that option, and I encourage you to do so as well. Get up, England, who will need to lift big time. Of course, they lost to Ireland, courtesy of the Duckworth-Lewis system on Wednesday night. One of the great upsets, that one. And shout out to Ireland, but hopefully England can get the job done and knock the Aussies out. For the Caps, our game on Wednesday was, of course, unfortunately rained out against Afghanistan, but we get another chance to lace up the Slesingers tomorrow night, 9pm against Sri Lanka. And hopefully we can carry over some of that momentum from last weekend and continue to rip and tear. Go, you good things. How good's a cap on a Saturday night? Over to the NBA. Nine days of b-ball in the books now. We have just the one unbeaten side remaining. My pre-competition favourites and the Milwaukee Bucks who are 3-0 after beating the Nets yesterday at home. Giannis going off. Shit, he is a heck of a player. Sticking to the east, the Celtics, Hawks. 
Cavs, Wizards and Knicks are all 3-1 and one and playing some great basketball. The Wizards probably being the biggest surprise package there, but boy do the Celtics look sharp too. Jason Tatum, he's gone to another level, bulked up a bit and appears to be the all-round package. And then in the West, and this is a massive surprise to me, the top two ranked sides at the moment are Portland and Utah, which I still can't wrap my head around, both with 4-1 and one winning records, and Dame Lillard absolutely tearing shit up for the Blazers at the moment, of course, he's coming to this year off the back of an injury-ravaged season last year, so it's great to see him back to his best, the Jazz though, Lord knows how they're doing it, but they are. And I think it's fair to say their GM, he won't be fizz. They're meant to be tanking for old Victor the Inflictor in the draft next year. So that's been a real surprise. A bit of a bunch of misfits and castaways, obviously with a chip on their shoulder. Laurie Markinen playing like an all-star. Great to see. The other teams that are impressing, Phoenix look really good. Devin Booker, he continues to show massive growth year on year. And the Pelicans have also been unreal. They have a deep roster Four great starters in Ingram, Williamson, CJ McCullum, and Jonas Valanciunas. And then they also have some really good role players and defenders. Your Herb Jones, Grand Theft, Eldorado, etc. They really complement their stars, and they are the real deal. You also can't forget Memphis, who are looking great too. Ja Morant, what a freak that kid is. And speaking of freaks, there's been some huge individual performances already this season, and it never ceases to amaze me how talented these athletes are. Luca. He's been top shelf, carrying Dallas to a few big wins and posting up some impressive stat lines, as has been that man Jar and also Giannis, with Tatum being outstanding as well. And shout out to Pascal Siakam, who does look like the pirate from Captain Phillips, but he's been on a tear, playing some great basketball. He's assisting, he's scoring, he's rebounding, stealing and blocking. You could say he's doing everything in Toronto. Shit, they could be the real deal if they hit their straps. Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. They've got a pretty deep roster as well and could be one to factor in. As always, some big games ahead in the next few days. The show, she continues to roll. Today we have KD and the big three who haven't been big at all. They're hosting Luca, Chris Wood and the Mavs. Warriors vs Heat, Kings Grizzlies and Thunder vs Clippers all should be pretty decent games. Tomorrow we have Celtics Cavs. That'll be a goodie as will Pelican Suns. And then on Sunday, Sixers Bulls and Hawks vs Bucks. They appear to be the pick of the bunch, so some good cream of the crop style matchups coming up, and I can't wait to sink my teeth into those. Over to the NFL and the upsets. They continue to come thick and fast. Can't pick my nose for an NFL multi this year. Really starting to grind my gears. But anyway, shout out to the Packers, who for a second week in a row fucked me by losing to the Washington Cock Commanders. And to be fair, I should have known. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, a big up yours from me type stuff. But that was a real blow to the betting early doors. Had me re-topping up the TAB account on the Monday morning. Never ideal, but it is what it is. The Buccaneers, Tom Brady, he also gets an up yours, losing to the Christian McCaffrey-less Panthers, 21 points to three. Again, who would have thought? The Seahawks, they made it a trifecta, getting up over the Chargers, and then to top it all off, 
The Bears smoked the Patriots in New England, 33-14, to 14, and that was the final straw for me. But on to this week we look, full of optimism, with a fresh start and ready to have my heart broken again. Round 8, big game today, Ravens versus Bucks. Can Lamar stick the dagger even further into old Tommy Brady? We soon shall see. Then on Mad Monday, Niners Rams, Bills vs Packers, Giants Seahawks, and Dolphins vs Lions. They appear to be the pick of the bunch to me, and she should be entertainment deluxe. UFC 280, of course, went down last Sunday. One of the great cards of Biff. She was all go from woe to go with the three main fights delivering in spades. First of all, we had what in my books was a big robbery. Peter Yarn going down to Sean O'Malley by split decision. And for me, I think Yarn won that fight, which I must say was bloody close. But I think those clutch takedowns he pulled off should have got him over the line. The fact O'Malley, he even seemed surprised by the result. That led me to believe I wasn't alone in that opinion. But still a heck of a fight. I was happy to see O'Malley show he can go toe-to-toe with the best in the game. He certainly is a weapon and he can throw hands at a very high level. Always an entertaining watch. Then in your next fight... Old Sterling, he made short work of TJ Dillashaw, who dislocated his shoulder early doors in the first round, popped her back in in the break, but from then on out, it was all over. He then went on to mention in the post-fight yarn that he'd actually dislocated his shoulder over 20 times in camp, and he was talking shit about Sterling's striking game to try and stop him, taking him down and making him want to stand up and throw hands, but it certainly didn't work. Sterling saw right through it, and the fact he was able to fight for me, that was a bit of a whirlpool, especially with the amount of money that would have been gambled and lost on this fight as a result of his injuries. Punters not knowing those details, but hey, is what it is. Sterling gets the win and defends his belt. And then in the main event, we saw a new champ born in the lightweight division with Islam Makachev beating Oliveira by submission in a dominant display. Fuck me, this guy is scary. He showed he can do it all with some great striking on show before unlocking the wrestling and getting the job done with a dominant display. And after getting the dub as well, he then went on to call out Volk and that fight looks set to happen in the Perth card in February next year. So that'll be a doozy. Excited to see that fight with Khabib himself saying the winner will be the best pound for pound fighter in the UFC at the moment. That is a massive title that you want to have to your name. Bums on seat stuff. Finally, before we wrap this segment up, quick mention to the Breakers, currently sitting in second with a record of four wins from six games, playing some great b-ball, taking on the 36ers in Radelaide tonight before heading back home to Spark Arena on Sunday to take over the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Might go to that game, actually. Be a bloody good watch. And also shout out to the Phoenix. Don't get a lot of love from me on here, but I am a fan. Currently sitting in eighth. She's been a tough start. Only three games in, two draws and a loss. Yet to get the dub. They're taking on the top of the table, Melbourne City Sunday night. Maybe a tough ask, but I'll back them to get up and go on Ollie Sale, you absolute roost.
onto the punting chat, courtesy, of course, of our great mates at the TAB. As always, say it every week, broken record type stuff, but if you're having a punt this weekend on the many different sporting codes, jump online to the TAB app and make sure they're your bookie of choice. Why, you ask? Because they support me and I bloody appreciate it. So in return, we get around them, a real scratch my back and I'll scratch yours type of operation. But as always, gamble responsibly, bet within your means. But I tell you what, there's nothing like rocking up into work on Monday morning with a pocket full of winning tips and slips, showing the lads the ultimate alpha mood that'll get them in and around ya that's for sure first up let's tackle the rugby league world cup excuse the pun there some of my best work but she's a real david versus goliath type around again with the main sides your kiwis your aussie your england your tonga they're paying short odds head to head so to the lines totals and try score as we go to try and find yourself some value. First game, Kiwis versus Ireland. The line, she's 44 and a half in favour of the Kiwis. The total points, 57.5. Actually jumped on this earlier in the week. The old line, she was 42 and a half. So Mad rolling out the old Rolls-Royce lineup. That shifted her a couple points and fair enough too. And I still like it at 44 and a half to be fair. And if you're a savvy punter like myself, got on at 42 and a half, then she's happy days. But I'd stick with that over the total. Bank the $1.87 and ride that home. I think we should do them by a little more than that. Try scorers, Big Nelson. He's playing in the second row. And as a result, he's going to be running at some beta halfbacks who really can't tackle. Going to be punching holes left, right and centre. And I think the Irish will really struggle to contain the big fella close to the line, much like the bouncers did in Bali. So $2.20 anytime. Sign me up for a bit of that. Other options, Dylan Brown, $2.10, that's a good shout. Hughes is back, so Dillbags, he can just go back to focusing on being really good looking and running the footy, the two things he does best. And as I mentioned earlier, I think old Ronaldo, he'll be itching for some meat on the sting. He'll score a double, ending one of the great try-scoring droughts at $1.91. Those would be my pick of the bunch. Always a bit partial to some cheese as well, two bucks. Could be too good to pass up. Aussie Italy, the line is 72 and a half, the total 80 and a half. Jump on the line and hope the Aussies can really turn it on. They've named a strong side, so I don't see why not. Of course, Fiji put 60 of the best on the Italian Stallions, so I think she could be a day. No try scorer options up. As of yet, the team has been named, though, for the ruse, as mentioned. And without seeing the official lineups, they like to name them in alphabetical order, which really does cause a headache. But it looks like Luttrell, he's in the centres, chuck him into score. Matty Burden, looks like he's getting another run in the centres as well. Factor him in, and Valentine Holmes, who I assume will be playing on the sting, get him in for a couple meaties too. Nathan Cleary... He'll also go close after scoring two last week. And then in the forward pack, Jeremiah Nunai, the human try scorer, he'll cross. And I also think old Blue Eyes, Cammy Murray, he could be due too. A tough day at the office ahead for Italy, so chuck yourself in three or four of the best. And I think you could find yourself some good value 
and some winners there. England versus Greece, cricket scores on the way, line 65 and a half total, over 76 and a half again. No try scorer options as of late, but Dommy Young, if he's playing, he's a shoe and chuck him in for two or more of the best and just stick to the old motto. If in doubt, smack the line 65 and a half. Pretty reasonable for me. Nothing to scoff at at $1.87. Bank it and move on. Lebanon, Jamaica. Again, no lineups, but Adam Duahi, if he plays fresh off a week off because he sprayed the ref, real point to prove. And his coach, Michael Checker, that's actually his uncle, so no doubt he'll want to get back on his Christmas present list. Samoa, France, I think that's going to be a close one, as mentioned. The line really jumps out onto my plate here. 28 and a half, that's a decent score, and I think the French will be up for it. So take them plus the points and see what happens. 28 and a half. What's that, about five tries? That's quite a hiding. So back them in. Final game, Tonga versus the Cook Islands again. Too early for team list. The line, though, she's 24 and a half. I think they'll do that fairly comfortably. $1.87 of the best. Get around that and ride home. The Tongans, if you're like me and you're big on the lines this weekend, a cheeky little seven-legger. Point start multi could be the way to go. All the games rolled into one bet. New Zealand, minus 44.5. England, minus 64.5. Fiji, minus 38.5 against the Scots. Aussie, minus 72.5. Lebanon, minus 40.5. And And France, plus 29.5 with the Tongans in there as well for good mix. That'll pay $79.96. And that is a massive number. And there's some big lines in there, but I don't think she's impossible. If you want to chuck a cheeky fiver on it, chase a big payout. Could be a grouse little option for you. Over to the 15-man code, of course, Japan taking on the ABs. All Blacks head over to Tokyo as clear favourites. $1.03 head-to-head. Japan paying $8.50. Your margins... Japan 1 to 12, 11s, 13 plus 36s. New Zealand's 1 to 12, 480, 13 plus the preferred and shortest option at $1.15. Point start, 29.5 total, 60.5. Both of those, I don't think too unrealistic. Unfortunately, again, recording early doors on a Friday morning means no try scorer markets as of yet. But RTS has to be in your equations. He'll certainly be occupying my bet slip, as will Sevu Reese. Dane Coles, Takiaho off the pie, and I'm thinking some rolling mall meaties there. I think those four should all find their way across the chalk. I'll also be jumping on the total over 60 and a half, so multi those up could be paying reasonably handsome. Then the Black Ferns, multis are the way to go here. Same gamers, and thankfully, the TAB has a promo where if you miss by one leg on a three plus same gamer, you'll get your money back as a bonus bet up to 50 bucks. The point start, 44 and a half. I'll be in on that. Partner that up with Woodman and Tui to dot down and ride at home. Might not be paying huge, but I'm fairly confident that that should cash, especially if this game turns out to be anything like the one a few weeks back. Woodman one-on-one, she's a defender's worst nightmare. Ruby Tui in the 15 jersey, she will run a muck. T20 World Cup. New Zealand versus the Sri Lankans and the Caps head in favourites after putting on a clinic last week. $1.42 Sri Lanka, $2.70, but never underestimate them. And you can't really underestimate anyone 
in this format, to be fair. Also remember, the early payout promo, if we score more than 200 with bat in hand first, or if we're bowling, restrict Sri Lanka to under 120 with the nut, the good folks at the TAB, they'll pay out your head-to-head bet early doors so you can invest it elsewhere. That's some great stuff, and fingers crossed we can be back in the money again here, like we were against Aussie last week. The power plays are where I would turn for some real value. No doubt they'll have a few more up tomorrow before she tips off, but three that tickled my fancy early doors. Finn Allen to hit a four and a six, dollar sixty-seven. Not a bad shout. He's got a bit of Baz McCullum about him and will come out swinging. So definitely a good chance there. Conway, Allen, Captain Kane to all score 20 plus and lovely Trenty to get one plus wickets. Paying six bucks. Not bad value there, especially if you think we won't drop a wicket early doors. And then New Zealand to win and both teams to score over 160. That's not a horrific total, fairly realistic in my books, paying $4.50. I think that's great value too. And then finally, can't talk punting without touching on the old Melbourne Cup, the biggest day for the bookies each year in our glorious land. The cream of the crop going at it to see who's the pinnacle of pony racing, the race that stops two nations, 5 p.m., The big one, she's expected to jump, and personally, I can't wait for this. Always one of the great Arvos on the punt. Actually heading along to Shapiro's with the old boys get paid lads and the TAB. They're running a bit of an event, so if you don't have any plans as of yet, come on down, get amongst. We'd love to see ya. And let's ride home some winners. I believe pre-sales are actually sold out, but they will have room for a few walk-ins on the day. Kicks off at 3 o'clock, so get in early doors, secure yourself a seat, and come donate some dollars with me and the lads. How good is that? And of course, she's probably the hardest race to pick on the old calendar, but early doors, without crunching the numbers too much and without getting a good look at the track. Of course, it's been pissing down in Melbourne lately, so a lot can change between now and Tuesday, Arvo. Recommend saving most of your pennies until race day, but I do like the look of two so far. Loft, and Montefilia. Loft in particular, this one's really caught my eye for a couple reasons. The biggest one being J-Mac, old James McDonald, a Kiwi jockey. He's on board looking to be the first person ever to win back-to-back Melbourne Cups. So you got to back him in to make a bit of history, paying seven bucks at the moment. So factor that one in for a win or a place old lofty and see how it goes and fingers crossed it can salute for us i think a lot of us actually won on j-mac last year very elegant the kiwi horse rode at home to fame she's recently retired so in j-mac we trust to get the job done back to back and it would be bloody good to see a kiwi with the cup in hand again making history and saluting for the punters You absolutely love to see it. So those are my tips for this week. Plenty to get in on. Didn't even touch on the NBA and the NFL. Having a bit of a spell from the pigskin because the results are so unpredictable. But here's a quick tip for the B-ball today. Why not? The TAB, they have a boosted option in the Maz vs. Nets game. Love these boosted options. A great new feature, and I'm extremely grateful for it. Luca to score 30-plus points and KD to score 30-plus. That's paying $3.50 today, so get in on that. Luca, he's averaging 34.7 points so far this season. KD, 32.3. So as long as they hit those numbers and don't shit the bed... 
that should be a winning option that might tickle your fancy for a cheeky Friday Arvo flutter. So how good some punting, and as always, up the TAB. Right, that's all we have time for this week. In and out, banger out, and grab into your Friday. Hope you enjoy your weekend. If you're playing some sport at the grassroots level or professionally for that matter, go well. Hope you get the dub. If not, you're like me, parked up on the couch. Enjoy the action. Shit, she's going to be all go. Up the mighty black ferns, up the kiwis, up the all blacks, up the loft, up the black caps. I tell you what, I could go on for hours. Get up all the Kiwi teams, the Phoenix and the Breakers as well. And I'll see you again, same time, same place, next Friday, ready to chew your ear off with everything great happening in the world of sport. How good's a Friday? Go well, rippin'.